Hi, this is Regaline Sabah, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Tamara L. Hunter. Tamara L. Hunter is the president and co-founder of CB4L.org. That's Chemo Buddies for Life, a 5013C3 nonprofit with a mission to end isolation during diagnosis, treatment, recovery, and the new normal life due to cancer and now COVID. Welcome to the show, Tamara. Thank you so much, Gigi. I am so honored to be here with you. You rock. You are that woman with the smile that just makes things happen. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Tamara. Likewise. And it's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you are from? Okay. Well, currently I reside in the Southern California area, born and raised here and to be soon, soon moving to another area in the U.S. to be determined. Uh, I was born in a small one-horse town, and from there, the journey began and uh, became, a couple years ago, the first Global Next Impactor, all for one reason. Everything I do is for one reason. All roads lead back to my project, my passion, my calling, and that is to see that no one faces cancer alone. No one faces cancer, COVID, any life-threatening disease that that many do face. And you can do it with humor, hope, heart hugs, and a whole lot of love through a community that we have founded. And I'm so honored to be here to talk about it today. I love it. Now tell us more about your best-selling book, Mastering Our Mountain. Whoa. Now that one was a two-year project. Didn't know it would be. And Thank goodness it was a two-year project because Mastering Our Mountains is a book, a project that I was so honored to be a part of. I'm one of only a very few authors, and we all have those mountains in life. We all have those huge opportunities is what I call them. They're challenges that can become the opportunity. What I talk about in mine is that a lot of people don't know, and I'm just now coming out with the fact that I was a part of domestic violence. Um, I was in um, a situation where I ended up with my children and my dog fleeing, literally, and going underground, fleeing for the protection of another state, doing it legally, and going underground doing it legally, and being in a court system for seven years. Now, I don't talk so much about the court system, but I talk about the event and how that mountain, overcoming that mountain, gaining the strength, because truthfully, I was scared to death. I really was free from that. But, you know, I was so frightened and afraid of the court system. I was, it's interesting how our our father in heaven works is that things that we sometimes are afraid of, things that we think we, we don't know if we have the mustard inside of us, like that mustard seed to move that mountain. We don't sometimes understand we've got it in us, yet we get presented that challenge. And in Mastering Our Mountains, I talk about my challenge and how that challenge, overcoming that mountain, gave me the strength and the fortitude and the knowledge of myself that I could do anything. And um, not that I didn't know that already, but boy, was I challenged with that one. So that's what the book is about. And and the other authors in there, they were handpicked from a couple of different projects that were 
being produced at the time. And we saw that we had something very special in this. And there are other cancer stories. There's other stories in there. And there's an NFL player that's in there, you know, retired, um, and how he transformed his life into serving others and that mountain that he overcame and mastered. So it's something that, uh, you know, I, I love chapter books. Most likely we'll be doing one at some point myself with the buddy or with the, the service heroes. Yet this was truly a passion project. That is incredible. And as a domestic violence survivor myself, my heart goes out to you and I appreciate you for sharing your story today. Now, what are some signs and red flags you would advise the audience to look out for? Oh, you know, in the very beginning, um, I, I married an undiagnosed bipolar, little did I know. And I didn't even know what bipolarism was back in the day. It was somewhat still, you know, there was a few books about it. Now a lot of people, thank goodness, because of social media and because of shows like this, we can get these messages out there. Well, you know, there started those cycles. I didn't understand cycles, but oh, the honeymoon phase, everything's wonderful, roses. And then all of a sudden you do something and it might be sneeze wrong. And then boom, the shoe comes down on you. And you think, what in the heck was that just, was I going crazy in the moment? I oversaw that. You start to doubt yourself. Then you go into the, kind of into a depression because you're starting to wonder, am I crazy? Da, 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 you know, and then you come through and then you're, and then it gets worse. It, the, it starts at something simple, like maybe sneezing wrong. Then it goes into, and it can sometimes ramp up quickly. And so sometimes it can go in cycles where it can ramp up quickly. And then it, it diminishes you get i am not an enabler i asked for help i got people involved i'm like this was not going to happen and yet i still found myself in the middle of it so one of the things too is doesn't matter your education how strong you are any of these different things guys this can happen to anyone and we need to not feel guilty for it. Like, how did I miss the cues? How did I'm smarter than this? I'm, I literally, Gigi, I literally thought I was going crazy after the birth of my fourth child. I, I started justifying, Oh, I'm having those baby blue things, right? Oh yeah, that's my problem. I'm having some postpartum depression situation. So I sought therapy and I put myself in three days a week. I'm like, I'm, I'm a basket case guys. I need Oh, let's accelerate this because I had four kids, four kids plus a stepdaughter. And it was not just me, it was them. And so as I was going through this, literally thinking I was going crazy into the process, quite, a, quite far into the process, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the smell of the room, the feel of the room, the light within the room, everything, where my therapist was sitting. And he looked at me and he goes, Tamara, you're not crazy. I believe you're married to an undiagnosed bipolar. Jaw drop. He's talking Martian to me, yet... What I focused in on and what I will never forget were those first words. 
and then it was the plan and and this is part of the mastering our mountain is that that's when it really began because i was told because i had set myself up kind of because i went to a therapist for so long that i was crazy when i asked for interventions for my the father and my children i I asked for help for him and all they kept doing was pointing back to me. You're the problem. It's your fault. You did this. You did that. <gasps> Whoa, double punch. You know, it was like, are you serious? I, I went to the mat and I opened myself up to help. I've been validated that I did get help. I was doing great. Thank goodness I had gotten that help. I needed that help. I needed to be strong for what I was going to be facing because I did. I faced every seven years in courts where I had that. I went underground once and nearly twice. I tell you, I was ready to call the system out. And we can go into that later. But I was ready to call the system out with my attorney and I had two of them from two different states because we had so much of a complicated issue going on yet it was mastered so when when you know I'm sharing all of this because I want whoever whoever is hearing this to understand number one if you think you may be going crazy ask ask for help number one from someone you trust but ask yourself is this a warning sign Oftentimes it is. I started to give up on certain things that I enjoyed. That's another warning sign. You know, we need to look at these warning signs and we need to understand them for what they are. And what they truly are is that it is whatever your belief system is, it's wake up. It's time for help and it's time to be safe. It's time to get out. I realized that I had to get out when I nearly was killed. And, you know, I let it, I would take the responsibility, you know, I let it get that far. Now I see that it was a gift, that it was the challenge that became the opportunity for me now to be able to share, which I've only started doing because it's time it's time we need and, and i'm going to call out any of those that have shows any of those that are in the public eye any of the influences out there influencers out there that may also have this kind of a story that you haven't been telling we need to get it out in the open now we need to tell this story because there's too many of us and i know that there's too many of us that we haven't come out with it to say oh my that that one too that, I'm gonna be okay because you will be okay we just it's that first baby step and that's why I always use baby steps trust your instincts trust your gut and then go on amen we must master our mountains very powerful. Thank you, Tamara. Now, you are the creator and host of the Service Hero Show. Tell us a little bit more about your show. I'm really proud of my show. My show is dedicated and was created 
for the buddies, for those people that are struggling to want to continue living. And the world needs them. The world needs them. Their family needs them. If it if they haven't been called because it's time to gain their wings, then hey, let's live. Let's live every day to the very greatest. I love it. What what Gigi talks about. Yes, get up and live. And so service heroes, I was traveling around and I met this amazing woman, Tasha Cooney, and she had a, a challenge that she was giving to a few people, 365 days of awesome. And she said, you know, I love your message, but you don't have enough content. I was new to social media. I lived underground. And and I, I thought you had to buy a hashtag. That's how bad it was. Twitter, I thought was a bird. You know, Facebook, I had one, but it was private because I wanted to see my grandkids' kid, uh, pictures. So I, I took the challenge on. And right around that time, a couple of my stage fours were saying that they just – there was too much bad news. They didn't want to keep going. I said, you know what? I need some help. Could you help me? And they're like, honey, what do you need? I'm like, okay, you're not ready to go. You're just feeling that the news is, is getting you down and depressed. So I thought, let's tell stories of inspiring people like Gigi, like many. I've told over 500 stories on this show now. Started, it was I go back. You guys want some laughs? Not on the stories, but how they were presented. It took me 62 times to get a guest on. I had no clue what I was doing, but I dived in because there was a need, and it was my buddies. They needed to know that there were good stories and good people to inspire them. So now it's on a, a web TV platform that it can be seen on 80 million screens all over the world. And it's all for the buddies and it's all for anybody that needs to be inspired. And your story was great and they're fun. They're fun shows. That's the whole idea of the show. It, it you know, it's like, okay, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be fun. <laughs> and, and yet, you know, be ready. It's a bit of a roller coaster ride sometimes. You may need to have a Kleenex near because we're going to dive in, but we're going to dive in to find out how is it inspiring? Why? You know, many have those stories in life that are pretty gnarly. And we got to tell them, but, but we can also share how they got out of it and tips, tricks and fun and a lot of laughter, a lot of joy, a lot of inspiration. I so, love it. Thank you. Yeah. So if anybody wants to watch it live and comment, the best place to do that is to go to the YouTube channel. And it's Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And it's uh, just go put into the channel search Service Hero Show. And it, it will show up. And you can comment there. Any of the other areas, you can watch it. Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, uh, you know, Amazon Fire TV, all of those different. Uh, Facebook. And then later it's it's loaded. But if you want to comment, that's the key. That's the That's the trick to that one. I love it. Now, tell us more about your col column in the Global Achievers magazine. Uh, that was one of the things that I won when I became the first global next impactor. Part of the project, uh, it, it was a the very first season, um, and it, the idea of it was 
to help a cause, a movement, someone that has a passion to make the world a better place, they did this virtual or like a reality show and it was on social media the very first year, um, the very first season. And in that, the winner got to have a column and you also won the coaches that were there. One of the coaches is Dr. Vicki Omafalaji out of Australia. She is the editor and founder of the Global Achievers Club, the Global Achievers Magazine and everything. And she has now become the international expansion board member for the nonprofit CB4L.org, also known as Kino Buddies for Life. And so, um, she named it for me and it's Tamara's Corner. And um, there was a little bit of a hiccup. She had some things going on in her life. And so right now the magazine took a little bit of a hiatus. I didn't have a column in this one. I will, my column will start back up in the next one, but you can see the columns. And the whole idea here is that the, they're relevant to what's happening. When COVID first hit, we talked about uh, in the column, we talked about how we can get through it. What, what, how can we flip it? How can we turn this to be a win for us? This is what's happening. One thing that, anything that I do, I look at the facts, just like you, Gigi, that's why I just absolutely adore you. You gotta look at what's going on. You gotta see it for what it is, but then you can see it through the eyes of someone that's ready to take it on and say, how can this challenge become the opportunity and with some massive energy and work become a thriving whatever, you know, something to give, something to do, something to make yourself better, your family, your community, your, the world. And so that's what, it, what it's about. Um, I'm excited that this next one that I'm preparing for the next column, um, it's actually gonna probably be co-written with me um, in regards to an award I just won and a project that we're gonna get involved with that they're gonna have the, uh, our, our nonprofit CB4L.org be one of the beneficiaries of, of this big event. I still am in the middle of like, whoa, it was huge and um, still finding out exactly what it is so that we can get it written for the the um, article so be watching be watching for that because i'm excited about every day it's like gives a new opportunity new challenges new opportunities amen i love it now tell us more about the annual giving tuesday 36 hours streaming live giveathon <laughs> oh okay <laughs> Anyone that knows me knows I don't not think small. I think very big. <laughs> like there's no mountain you can't, you know, they told you a mustard seed, right? I got a whole thing of mustard seeds in my cabinet. You know, it's like <laughs> anything is possible. So it all started with, okay, well, I have a nonprofit. And in the beginning, 365 Days of Awesome, I took on the challenge and I was like, okay, yeah, no one knows who we are. Everybody will. Everybody will. So I thought, how do 
you do this. I knew about Giving Tuesday and I really loved the philosophy of Giving Tuesday, the biggest philanthropic day of the year dedicated to really make a difference in this world. And it's the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So you have, you know, Black Friday, you have, you know, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday. That, that's it. Then I thought, who did something big to bring an attention to a nonprofit? Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis Telethon. Everybody knew it. Everybody watched it. Yes, I'm telling the baby boomers. I remember planting myself in front of the TV thinking, who's he going to have on this year? But, okay. He did it out of Vegas. So the very first year, it was 24 hours. And the bigger brand was Service Heroes. I drove to Vegas. <laughs> I, I rented a room in the Red Rock Hotel. <laughs> and then I put a backdrop up. No one knew where we were, but integrity, integrity. And so it was like, okay, we're taking, we are going to own Giving Tuesday. <laughs> but no one knew who we were. So it was like, I called my friends. I called a lot of the service heroes. I said, this is what I'm doing. And I am going to, we are going to own it. And we're going to own it for the buddies. And are you in? And they were in. And so we did 24 hours back to back. I was awake 24 hours, but because of getting it ready, it was actually like 36 hours being awake, being on air for 24 hours. So the next year I had just won the global next impact or so I had a bigger team. And so I thought, okay, we got to do it bigger. <laughs> so that year we did 36 hours. It was all on social media though. First year it was only Facebook. Second year it was Facebook and YouTube. Whoa, we went big. This last year, uh, we in our nonprofit, we gather daily. We're there daily, a warm fuzz, a fuzzy hug, you know, humor, hope, heart hugs, and a lot of love that our buddies know that they can depend on us. Well, in that, we collaborate. The leadership, the buddies, everybody, we, we really are a tight group, big group, but we're tight. So, we started talking about the Love It Festival and Tour of Love and everything pre-COVID. We're thinking, okay, this is cool. So then one of our graphic people came up with this image, groovy image. In fact, um, looking here, oh, here it is. Tour of Love, this is our image, right? And so groovy man, right? So we went with the Tour of Love, a groovy theme. And by then we're in COVID. And so we got a lot of people involved. In fact, Melissa Manchester, the singer, she came on, she was a co-host for an hour. She loves the Buddies program. She talks about that. And others that people would recognize, a lot of um, award-winning um, comedians and uh, magicians and musicians and comedy acts and um, stories, amazing stories. And <laughs> we did go bigger this year. We went with the E360 TV platform. So we were streaming 80 million screens. <laughs> Yet, little did my local internet company tell me that there was an unscheduled scheduled internet blackout during a 36 hour event online where I'm awake the whole time as basically the most, thank goodness we had backups to the backups. And so Barbara Beckley, one of the, um, one of my leaders, she jumped up onto the line and everything. Well, we had other technical issues. So we're actually re-editing all 36 hours and we will be re, um, 
reintroducing them out. Um, and I'm working with the E360 TD platform and their president to then have it in its own slot in the positive vibration channel. And then we have started the service, I mean, the, the Tour of Love Sunday show. And, we, and we're going to have to have you on, Gigi. Um, and what that is, is I'm a co-host on it, basically the producer, but the co-host with an Emmy Award-winning documentary gentleman that is a survivor and on my board. Um, he is getting to be known as Poe, but some people remember him as Skip Thomas. And then my senior ambassador, who's also my uh, production assistant on the Service Hero Show, she is there because she's the senior ambassador. She can talk to that. And what we do on that and why it's so important is it does benefit and it is the public and um, promotional, if you will, arm of the nonprofit. Yet it's bigger than that, guys, because we the upside down uh, cone is what I call it. The, it's an actual graph, an omega scale that shares with us that when we get to the frequency of love, Love is a healing factor. It's a healing energy. It is scientifically proven now that love has the ability to heal. That shouldn't be a surprise to any believer because that's the word, the one word, the one word we've been commanded to do, to love, love one another, to love ourselves, love one another, share the love. Ha, we are groovy, right? The tour of love. So, um, we we talk about that and then we bring people on and we are actually once be watching for this because once COVID is out of here, we will be actually having a true tour of love and it will then have an associating love it festival. We're so excited about it, bringing people together, bringing the energy because, you know, if we, uh, I, I run a nonprofit, guys, you know, think about it. It's not mine. It's the world's. This is something so much bigger than us. And if we can heal the world, if we can take this message out there that we can heal ourselves. Yes, it is. For those that believe there is a divine factor in that. However, we only have to ask and believe have faith and then the domino effect bringing different like-minded people different passion people different people from all over the world different religions different belief systems different countries different opposing views yet what do we all have in common somewhere in there there may be love <laughs> You may question sometimes, what do they love? However, they often do with a passion and purpose. So if we can bring that energy together and then focus it out to others, the possibilities are endless. And that's what the tour of love is all about. I love it. Very powerful. Now, you are a breast cancer survivor and advocate. Tell us more about your experience of overcoming breast cancer. <laughs> I'm an advocate and I'm going to share why, because I'm the poster child of everything that I did wrong in the very beginning. Because of everything that was going on in my life, I was concentrated on getting myself healthy. 
this is what cracks me up sometimes when I look back on it. So I was going to certain, you know, things and doing these different things that I thought was going, I thought, I let my head do the thinking and that's somewhere you could get in trouble sometimes. The heart has a brain and I should have been going with the heart. Yet I was thinking about getting healthy and so I had my list and I was doing all these different things and then I was like, okay, now I'm going to do what everybody else does traditionally to get healthy. And I was 54 years old when I did that. And I had not had a mammogram. And I had a family history of cancer. Well, thank goodness I went. And thank goodness I had my very first mammogram at 54. That is why I'm the poster child of what not to do. You need to start testing early. We must test early. In fact, there's some campaigns out there that we must start testing everyone at 40. Right now, 50. We can change that, guys. Wink, wink. We can change it. So right now, my I'm an advocate to say early detection can be equal to life. Life. Unless we're called home and we all have, you know, we have that dash that's called life. And then we have the two dates on each side. I was found to have breast cancer. That was the challenge that became the best opportunity in my life. You see, I met my original buddy the very first day of my treatment. Our nonprofit believes that you can, whatever treatment you wanna go for, go for. We don't raise money for treatment, we never will. It's all about the people. However, I did go traditional. I went chemotherapy. I was in a chemotherapy room and that's why the name. However, we we are changing our name legally and it, it's not done yet, so that's why I can't use it. <clears throat> yet, I ended up having a major, nearly life-threatening reaction, allergic reaction to the chemotherapy. And that's how I met my buddy. Her daughter saw it. I was asleep and I started turning really red. She asked me if I was okay, realizing my throat's closing in. I couldn't open my eyes. I was asleep and I'm hearing this voice and I, and my face was on fire and I'm thinking, and you know, that universal, the, I, I did that. I remember because I'm thinking, I can't talk, I can't breathe, I can't open my eyes. I was having a major reaction. They fixed it, everything, yet I met my buddy that way. And we traveled our journey together for a year and a half plus through all of our surgeries, through all of our treatment, and we gained a nickname actually to uh, Double Trouble. Here they come, Double Trouble, and the Party Bus. And when we graduated, we didn't we didn't ring a bell. Uh, uh not us. We had coconut bras hanging from each one of the chemotherapy poles. We had our nurses in, they had the beach boys playing. We brought a luau, the people, they, we said, you have to stack the room because we were both slow drip people. That meant we were there all day. So people came and gone. They came in Hawaiian shirts for their chemotherapy. <laughs> we had Hawaiian lays for them. And, and what happened was a year, a half a year later, because they had been, they, they were the ones that really got this thing started. They kept saying, when are you going to do something, Tamara? 
When are you going to do something? We need to bottle you. We need buddies for people. People need to be able to know that they're not alone. And they kept lobbying really hard. And it was a happy year after that luau. And one of my nurses, I'll never forget it. She's sitting there scheduling because I was the organized one and my original buddy. Funny, think of Lucy and Ricardo and Ricky Ricardo in one person. She was originally born in Cuba. She came out in life flights. She had the physical comedy and timing of Lucy. Oh my gosh, she was funny. And she was off doing her thing and I'm scheduling us like the dutiful person. And the nurse looks up and she says, when are you going to do something about this? What? I need you to know something. The nurse, one of the people in the luau, the only time we saw her smile was that day. And she just died. She was not the sickest one in the room. She was the saddest. Oh, <gasps> wow. That got me. I started doing the due diligence, started realizing what, and started interviewing people because that's my background. I was a headhunter for 18 years, ran companies, had my own, that kind of stuff. And I started realizing not only was there a lack of what we needed, that one of my very first advisors, senior advisors that helped me get everything going, she was one of the chief architects with the American Disabilities Act. And she had lost both of her parents to cancer. She had had a, a brain injury. That's why she was there. And a movie was later done and changed, but it was basically based after her story regarding Andy, Henry. And she said, you didn't have a, table, a chair at that table then because you guys didn't live. You guys died. Many of you are not dying anymore yet. The ADA was not written with us in mind. We didn't have a delegate. We didn't have someone at that table. We need to unite. We need to find those people that are affected by cancer, the different groups. We need to unite and we need to make a difference. We need to go to Capitol Hill. We need to ask for some of the things that we need to do. Now, that has always been a part of the mission of this nonprofit, but not a political mission. It's an awareness mission. It's an educational mission. We had to build the numbers. We needed to get the profile. We needed to get the awareness. We're starting to get there. Now it's time for all of us to unite and come together. It's not about our particular agendas. It's not about us. It's about the world. Because, you see, we can be the leaders. We go to Capitol Hill, and then little did I know, when we were talking about this, the flow of things, little did I know that I was going to get an award, my very first one that had anything to do with the United Nations. I've had stuff and I've had to write articles of why our nonprofit fits within the, the criterias, their agendas, their ma mandates. And it does because cancer is now one of those, like AIDS used to be. They, we've done a lot of good for AIDS, thank goodness. If we don't do something about this, if we don't educate people, if we don't make a difference, guess what? You think that we've been in a pandemic? We have been. You ain't seen nothing yet, guys. The odds, look at the World Health Organization, their articles, 
Don't take it from me. Look it up. It is clearly said from 2020 to 2030, if we do nothing, we're going to have an 80% increase. Who doesn't know someone that's been affected by cancer? We can't allow for this, and especially for the less, less affluent countries. So, yes, we need to unite. We need to go to Capitol Hill, and then that needs to be a beacon for the world to say, no more, no more. It's not about me, and it's not about you. It's about us, and it's about our next generations and generational patterns, and we can change it. That's right. We can change it. Be the change you wish to see in the world, Mahatma Gandhi. Very powerful. Tamara, now tell us more about the Healing Through Art Project. We just started this. And in fact, we're going to talk about this on Service Heroes today, guys. Okay. <clears throat> art heals. Music heals. Meditation heals. We combined Healing Through Art and then subset Healing Through Art, Music, and Meditation. And Two of our volunteer leaders, um, Christopher Kaysen and Caroline Barzins, they have led it. So what we did was we came up with some art projects. Many people know this because pre-COVID, anyone that lives in a winery area, there's those sip and art classes, you know, sip wine, have art, have fun. Anything that comes on a canvas, hey, there you go, call it art. You had fun. Well, we took that one step further and we have buddies all over. So we voted on an image and this is the image that our first image that we came up with that we were going to do uh, as a, as a, a collective. So then we asked who needed art kits sent out to them. We through our nonprofit and the donations, we bought the projects, uh, the, what was required, the canvas, the easel, the paints, the brushes, all of it, and sent it to them through the mail. So they had it in their homes. And then through our closed group ch uh, chats, <clears throat> through our system that we have developed, and that's how we reach out to our community, we had class. And so um, I've been doing class two. I was one of the participants, and this is mine, my rendition. They're all different, and I did it in our colors because uh, we our main color is purple, which is the universal cancer color, um, ribbon color, and then teal, because that works, the graphic people, and we all agreed that, that yeah, we like the purple and teal together. So then I added some other colors to make it kind of jazzy and fun and stuff. So we are, uh, in fact, I think it may over, a, it, this morning, I think we put in for this next time uh, uh, some ideas and we're either going to do a flow, a pour paint flow um, project next, or we have some that, that people liked and they came in second and third, a butterfly and a heart. And then we're going to have some other images and then our community votes. And then we're going to do our next one. And oh my goodness, the fun and and the joking and the um, what is most exciting is when you see how one image becomes whatever is happening inside of someone, it's transferred onto the, the canvas. And to have something so fun to come in and be a part of. And Christopher, he is, uh, I met him. He was one of the top five um, winners of the next impactor 
because he is on the autistic spectrum and he has a program that is autism to artism to bring awareness of autistic adults and such things and he's our our leader so he taught us also what does color mean what's the you know and what does it mean in different cultures and that was as interesting as painting and and we're going to keep this project going and so um you know shameless plug here anybody that loves art and wants to be able to help some of our buddies to be able to for us to open up this even more to because we would love to be able to have some of our international buddies be able to be a part of this and such and due to the post office hey post office you want to give us a break um you know uh <laughs> and sponsor some buddies um we want to get this going and anybody that's facing cancer as a, a patient or someone that has loved and supported a patient, even if that patient has gained their wings decades ago, believe you me, you could use our organization because we help people to connect with themselves again through the humor, the hope, the heart, the hugs, and a whole lot of love, things like this. Our healing through music programs are amazing. We have so many things going on. So we want to invite you to be a part of it. And it's really simple on Facebook. Come to the community. You'll be asked a couple of questions and what takes place there stays there. Wink, wink, like Vegas. So it's Chemo Buddies for Life community. You go to the Chemo Buddies for Life page and um, you'll see an image that has two hearts that kind of are intertwined. That's us purple and then go to the group's community ask to join and then get involved some of our best volunteers are our buddies that are in treatment and guess what they show up for each other and we're seeing some amazing things happen like results that because miracles happen guys miracles happen we have stage fours now that we've seen some of their tests coming back, no evidence of cancer. We used to have some that so much of it has been diminished. We have many that not only have now had that happen, but now because of things that they've learned in the close group, they have a new career they're setting out on, new things they're learning. They, that's like Mastering Our Mountain, a chapter in a book. Cancer can be a chapter in your book. The cancer, it's like Lindy Eldridge says, the cancer, a cancer survivor. The cancer doesn't have to define us. Don't let it. We don't. That's why cb4l.org. Do you even hear that in, in, in there? And tour of love. We do that intentionally. We don't focus on the negative. We don't focus some people are like, well, then they'll never find you. No, they'll find you. They'll find us. They do. They'll find us. And when they do, we're going to help them to find them. Because our tag is healing through connections. That's what it's all about. Healing whatever may need to be healed. Divine timing is divine timing. And when, the, when you know... We don't have anything to do with when someone gains their wings, but we can have a lot to do with the dash. Yeah. 
Absolutely inspiring. Thank you, Tamara. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Wow. That's a good question. Living a life of purpose, some people will say, how can you say happiness in the same phrase? And I would say back to them, I would ask back to them because I've been, I know a lot of people with nonprofits, a lot of people with causes and you have those that are happy and you have those that feel like it's a weight of the world on their shoulders. Why are you doing it? And the why behind the why There's a great speaker out there. His name is Simon. Look him up. The why, what's your why? You gotta have a strong why for your purpose and your passion. And then, like, I'll tell you, I work in cancer, guys. You could say that's the weight of the world. I show up every day like, okay, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna play? How are we gonna make this happen? Like, okay, let's do this, let's do this. Because I'm excited to show up. Do I cry? Absolutely at a heartbeat. All my curve commercials get me every time. Guys, you know, yet I find joy in everything I do. And if I'm not, I'm thinking, what's wrong here? Because quite honestly, when you have been to a point where you feel so you've been engulfed by darkness, all you have to do is ask for that light and open your eyes and you'll be surprised it's there. It's been there all along. Maybe we closed our eyes and we had them tight and we were like, it's so dark. Well, open your eyes and find the joy. Too many people in this day and age, I would say, <laughs> I'm starting to sound like my grandparents and I'm proud of it. <laughs> Too many people in these days need instant gratification needed to be the wow factor we've been taught to look for the wow i'm gonna say look for the small look for the baby steps look for that little pinpoint of light that's in the darkness when you opened your eyes and you're in the middle of the gunk and mire and you think that you've got concrete on your shoes guess what the light is there and ask for it to become bigger and brighter and then follow it and, and ask for help and look for the joy. Every moment has a joy, believe it or not, no matter how dark it is, if you look for it. So you gotta look for it. And then when you start to see it, it adds onto each other and boy, you're excited to wake up every day and see what is this day gonna bring me and how can, if you're a passion-driven, purpose-driven person, how can I take this passion, this purpose out to the world and help others to be joyful too? I love it. Thank you, Tamara. Now, and thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Where can the audience find you? They can find, I'm gonna start with how can they find the buddies first? And that is pretty simple. It's four digits. C like cat, B like boy, the number four, four digits, wink, wink. L like love, or you could also say chemo buddies for life, but 
cb4l.org. And then to find me, um, my name, TamaraLHunter.com. And thank you. All roads lead back to the buddies. So even on TamaraLHunter.com, you can find out about the buddies and it will take you through a portal to the website. So, and Service Heroes, Tour of Love, all the different uh, Impactor, because uh, I've been told that the second season of Impactor is going to be happening here soon. Wink, wink, who has a cause, who has a passion, who has a purpose, who am I going to be handing the trophy to, either digitally or hopefully physically, to the next person to become the current reigning Impactor of the world. I can't wait to see who it will be. I love it. And ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Tamara at TamaraLHunter.com. And Tamara, again, thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a great day. Thank you. You're welcome.